Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon. Brett Raider is in some sort of corpo training, so we have... Sully stepping Ow. in. I don't even know your real name. Is it Sean Sullivan? It's Sean Sullivan. Okay. <laughs> I had to email you and I was like, I, I don't know how, what his name is. <laughs> Sully at Yahoo Sports. <laughs> I, I should honestly get my name legally changed to Sully at this point. It throws me off when someone calls you Sean and there are a few people that do. A handful like, of people. It's like, uh, whomst? It, it kind of freaks me out too, if yeah. we're going to be honest. But if, if somebody just comes guns hot with a Sean, I'm like, whoa, I don't know you from second grade or you're not my mom. So <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> also, we should, um, if there are at any moment any references to the balls, it's Sully losing his mind. Yeah, I'll, also, I'll normally be like squirming over here. I can, I can report uh, from Brett's uh, management training. He's tilted. By the way, because they have to take Give like, me a moment when he's not. Well, fair enough. But like he a personality, <laughs> he, test. he has to take like a personality test and he's <laughs> completely like he texted me the first day. and was like, I feel so seen or excuse me, slacked me. But he was very concerned about about the whole thing. He's being having to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's part it's not of a fun it. place. Yeah, it just you know opens why? You up. People f- the minute you try to be vulnerable. That is exactly what happens. I have learned that too well. You open yourself Don't do and it. Boom. Stay, <laughs> Don't do it. Ain't worth closed. it. Great little speech at the end of the third season of Stranger Things about how, like, that's where you know the best places. Nope. Lies. They will I you. So I wept at that part. So I guess I mean, that, I certainly we're, we're kind of opening ourselves like, up right here. The, the personality test. Sounds good on TV. Don't do it in real life. <laughs> All right. Uh, it depends on the situation. Is vulnerable what? It depends on the situation. I mean, sometimes it works out for real conniving folks, but for anyone who's just trying to be earnest and real, just do that in the safety of your therapist's office. (laughs) Anyone who, uh, other things that are vulnerable, you know who else is vulnerable? Maybe the San Francisco 49ers rushing attack because they have got some issues up front. We know Joe Staley's been out. Uh, Now the team will be without their right tackle and their fullback. Say his name for me. Kyle Juice check. Juice check. <laughs> juice check. It's use. I mean, Booger said it a hundred <laughs> times on the Monday Night Football broadcast. Jeez, you'd think like the 49ers lost their, you know, lost like the league MVP based on the way Booger was talking about him. It was one of those things that, not to go off on a tangent here, but it's one of those things where like sometimes you hear these commentators, especially the bad ones, which I think Booger certainly cla- cl- falls under I don't think he's bad I think he's oh, wonderful and I, I really like think... his um agent who's wonderful and he is greatly represented and Booger deserves all of the money that he's earning fair enough then I'll just continue this part of the podcast <laughs> I think I don't think Booger's great at the at the gig uh I think that he definitely ha- hammers home the run game point a lot sure also sometimes you hear like these guys get hooked on one player and it's like oh man they really prepped like for this point but they keep making it over and over again like it's certainly insightful to say yeah like it's certainly insightful to say hey the kyle use is a really underrated and important part of this run game and like if you had said that three times maybe during the broadcast i'd be like that's a good point like that's true because he he's right. But the crowd like, was like screaming his name. Yeah, I mean he is, and he, he is, is a, there live. He he is there, great. But it's also like 
maybe make that point a few times. All right. Times. Well, when but, you get that job, you can slam it. Oh, I would be terrible. We should n- Okay. So Joe Staley's been out since he exited week two with a broken leg, and he's not expected back for another two to four weeks. Week five last week, Mike McGlinchey uh, left with a, or went out with a knee injury. He's going to be MIA for like a month or so. Mm-hmm. Yuschik, that we mentioned, sprained his MCL, also out for an expected four to six weeks, so another month, let's say. Um, I mean, I, I have to look at, like, Sony Michelle, right? And we see what troubles New England is having running the ball with their O-line issues and without James Devlin, shout out, ever true to the pride and joy of College Hill. They're awesome a fullback. So now what do we do with this backfield that like lit it up? Matt Breed is probably one of the like hottest running backs right now because of that. I mean, he set the tone from jump yep. in that game, right? 86, yep. 85 yard touchdown, something like that. And Tevin Coleman looked good too. What about George Kittle? Cause now I, he's got to block a little bit maybe. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, they're down both to starting tackles. It's a problem. Uh, however, I think the scheme for this run game really is what makes it beyond just like the blockers and the personnel. And that's why you saw like, I think McGlinchey might be their best offensive lineman. And I think he's certainly been a huge boost in the running game, which is why they took him so high in the draft. But at the same time, I thought this was an interesting note I was listening to. Actually, we have Move the Sticks alum, Sean Sullivan, in in the house here. That is correct. I was listening to one of their episodes this week and Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network made the point like... More teams have been studying what Kyle Shanahan has been doing in the league as opposed to like what Sean McVay is doing while the media, you know, hypes up Sean McVay. And, and he, well, because I mean, one of those teams is winning. Right. And he deserves, he deserves the hype. And that was DJ's point. Like, even when the 49ers were losing, people in the league were still intently studying Kyle Shanahan the most because of what they do in the run game from a schematic point of view. So it's certainly a loss to take, you know, the right tack out of the equation, to take the fullback out of the equation and obviously they're still without the left tackle but I still think that this team um, can be a really successful rushing group because of the scheme also this week too the Rams are not necessarily one of the greatest run stopping teams in the NFL Uh, so I think that it's still a situation where if you were planning on playing Brita who is $17 in Yahoo Daily Fantasy if you're still playing on planning on playing Tevin Coleman great go for that too Brita especially is interesting because he ran he ran more routes than I mean. Actually, Tevin Coleman ran the same amount of routes as you did, Liz, uh, which was zero. Uh, and I'm taking I, shots at my route running. I mean, I'm just saying I didn't see you on Sunday out there running any routes. I saw you t- chatting with me. I mean, I didn't run any routes either. Point, <laughs> point being here, Juice Check and Breida are running routes out of the backfield, and I think that makes um, Matt Breida the more interesting back of the two of them. Sure, but I think this this collective backfield. So let's play a little either or then, right? Let's Matt Breida at the Rams. Yep. Or Carlos Hyde at Kansas City. Ooh, I'm going to go with Brita because of pass catching. Like, I think. One has upside, too. I mean, he has upside that he I has, think yeah. Hyde does. I want to play Hyde this week, though, that too. And so that's a good, uh, I did fearless forecast for running backs. And I was, you know, obviously we know that the Chiefs just got barreled over by the uh, Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night last week. But, and this should be a high scoring game, should be competitive back and forth. That keeps Hyde in the game script. It's really the type of place you want to use Carlos Hyde. But at the same time, I think the pass catching, the upside of the scheme, I think goes towards uh, Matt Breida's favor. One more. Philip Lindsay versus Tennessee. Oh, geez. Or Matt Breida. Uh, Matt Breida. I don't want to play. I, st- I know Philip Lindsay. looked good over the past two weeks. Looked good last couple weeks. I know he's played well. He's also he's been productive too, which I, I think he always looks good. I just it's whether, whether the production is going to be there. The problem he so you want to be attached to the better offense. I want to be attached to the better offense, which I still think is San Francisco. The good news for Philip Lindsay though is he has developed a pretty good pass catching floor. I think he has four catches in. But Freeman all but is one seeing game. catches as well. I mean, yeah, I know the both of them. Yeah. I mean, well, when you got a quarterback who doesn't want to throw fifteen yards down the field, you're going to get those uh, those little pop gun passes. The running back. So what about we both agree that Coleman? Okay, so and also we should say that for reference, um, those of us who do rank have ranked um, Matt Burita as the RB twenty two consensus overall for the week. But Matt Coleman is not far. I'm sorry, Tim Coleman, Tevin. How about I say his name right? Tevin Coleman is not far behind at the consensus RB28. That's actually exactly where I have him ranked. So mm, Adrian Peterson, who we're going to probably talk about at some point, or Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman. Don't mess around with a Washington back if you don't have to. Ronald Jones versus your on-again, off-again Carolina Panthers or Tevin Coleman against my on-again, off-again Rams. (laughs) 
That's a good question, but I think I'd still go Tevin Coleman. Uh, Jones, we oh, I think I talked about on last week's podcast, just has no pass-catching floor. He, Liz, he did double his target total on the season last week from three to six. So, yeah, but he also like shared that backfield with Peyton Barber. It was not completely his, and no one was talking about that, even if he looked good. I was mostly just joking. I still think he's not I'm that sorry, appealing. I'm still a little bit, still a little bit shook er- by the whole thing. It's earlier than we usually tape, you know. I still got a coffee in hand. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sensitive to the Ronald Jones situation, is what I'm trying to say. I got you. I got you. All right, so um. Let's move on then. Another piece of news, one that I'm sure you will love, Sammy Watkins. You love talking about Sammy Watkins. Your favorite thing to do. My favorite player. So he's hurt. Mm-hmm. He went into week five with a shoulder injury, and he left it with a hamstring injury because how about a twofer? Uh, that's the Sammy coaster. But to yeah, me, this is the Sammy Watkins experience. <laughs> yeah. But to me, like the hamstring is much more concerning than the shoulder because I don't like the soft tissue stuff. Plus, like dude's leg and feet have been messed up forever. So uh, that's just compounding uh, an air, a bodily area of concern that makes me a little bit even more concerned. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Even if he starts versus the Texans, there's no guarantee. I think that he's going to finish. But the reason this news is particularly interesting is because it's coming at the same time that Tyreek Hill did practice and it was, yes, a limited capacity on Wednesday, but Ian Rappaport is intimating that Hill is likely to be GTG for Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. So how are you planning things? Because obviously, of course, everyone wants a piece of this Texans-Kansas City matchup. It's the highest projected point total per Vegas, around 54, I think the line opened at. It's probably going to move up some more if if Hill is officially good to go. And then we got to talk about this, like, Byron Pringle situation. He's 10% owned. Second-year player played 78% of the team snaps ahead of Hardman, and he's uh, was second in team targets with eight looks in Week 5 versus Indianapolis. That was, by the way, behind Kelsey, yep. but ahead of McColl. Yeah, third on the team in routes run, two behind Robinson and Travis Kelsey. So. Posted a 6-103-1 stat line. Yeah, he looked pretty good doing it. I mean, this sure. is this I is mean, the, anybody looks, looks we, good this, in this, this offense. Yeah. Rob- Robinson a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this is the, this is the beauty of playing uh, with Patrick Mahomes. I think the question really is, is with Mahomes too because I he was not certainly not a hundred percent. You know, gets jammed up uh, the ankle, stepped on by another. Uh, they call what do they call that? Liz? Friendly fire. Oh, how intriguing. Um, and I think if he's taken down from like the greatest quarterback to ever play the game to like well the fifth best quarterback in the league or something, if he can't use the mobility, I mean that's problematic for all of these like ancillary receivers, but. Um, especially against the Texans' defense, this, their strength is obviously in the pass rushing department. So, are we looking? Are, are we really thinking that we want to invest in this far down the depth chart receivers if with a eighty percent Patrick Mahomes rather than hundred percent Patrick Mahomes? Eighty percent Patrick Mahomes is still like it's better than a lot of other. Yeah. That's why I said he like goes from being. This has been a common theme throughout a lot of the like podcasts I listen to people will say like oh yeah Mahomes he goes from being like the greatest quarterback in the league to maybe the fifth sixth best quarterback in the league without the mobility but that makes sense because you're taking like obviously we all know Mahomes like great he's a pocket passer he can completely slice you to pieces as a pocket passer but what takes him to that what I why I call him quarterback god is because he can move around too he can do all of the things so you're saying that if you've got JJ Watt right and he's finally gotten going, right? And the pass rush is strong. If Patrick Mahomes isn't mobile enough to beat the pass rush, then he's not going to be able to take advantage of a secondary that certainly has issues. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, are you that worried about his mobility? No, I think it just takes the ceiling off the offense a little bit. Like, again, this goes from an offense that the answer was against the Ravens, for example, you know, play all the Chiefs. Like, do we play Miko Harmon? Do we play Demarcus Robinson? The answer is both. All of them. Along with... I mean, Sammy Watkins doing dust out there, but like, nevertheless, you still play Sammy Watkins, you play Travis Kelsey, then you play these two, the two and the three in the offense too. But like if Sammy Watkins is out and Tyreek Hill is starting, I mean, he's starting back, like let's say he's semi-limited, right? The same thing as Mahomes, right? Like like, he's downgraded by like five wide receivers, right? He's not your wide receiver three heading into the week. He's your wide receiver eight heading into the week, whatever. So... Now, what about the other pieces? Because you know if you have Tyreek Hill and you've been sashing him, you're going to start him. So how would you rank the other players between Robinson, Pringle, and McColl? And also, 
just a quick note on Byron Pingle, because I did do a little bit of research on him. Undrafted free agent, 446 speed. He went to Kansas State like your boy, Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. Well, he used to be my boy, too, until you were louder about it. Um, doesn't matter who's first. matters who's loudest. Yes, you and Brad Evans, same school. <laughs> um, but he he was talked up over the preseason, and he almost yeah. had a role on the team last year, but an injury kept him out. So this isn't someone who's unfamiliar unfamiliar with the playbook. This isn't someone that the coaching staff is, you know, just throwing out there out of necessity. There is, what are you doing? I, here's my thought. And then you tell me. I think of those, I would downgrade McCole Hardman the most. Yeah, I mean, it's concerning that he ran fewer routes than both of those guys last week. And he was kind of the Tyreek Hill replacement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go Hill, Robinson, Pringle. Yeah. I just, I think it's tough. Like, I just think there's a total, it's a total dart throw no matter what. And it's almost kind of like, what do you need? Because Pringle's the total wild card here to me because we, he could just be nothing like this week. I think there's a, there's a strong chance that if Hill's back, he's just not a factor because he wasn't a factor prior to Sunday night. So He's the most volatile to me. Like, I I could see him being a ceiling or a floor player, whereas I think Robinson is probably the most likely to get the opportunity. You know, he's playing more snaps. He's running more routes. So he would be the guy that has the safest floor. If you're looking for just the straight ceiling, I still think that's Hardman because he was playing a little bit before Hill's injury. He was playing a little bit before, but not to the extent that he obviously has been the last few weeks. And, And he's the one who could be a straight zero spot. Or he could be the highest of the three guys. So he's the he's has the widest range. Whereas Pringle, I just don't even know if he's going to get the opportunity. So we have no answers for you. No, we have no. I think. Well, I think the the the, the answer there is: Do you need if you need like more of a floor play? Then I think you Robinson is the safest. Sure, bet. I think we both agree. I had him yeah. number two behind yeah. Hill. So yes. Before this conversation makes me cry anymore, let me talk about what made me cry a couple of days ago. Learning that Chris Herndon. While he was running routes on his own, strained his hamstring. Now, word has been received Mm -hmm. that... Uh, We've received a raven. (laughs) That this isn't a terrible injury. It should only be a week or so, but still hammies. Ew. Yeah. And also, how much longer do we have to wait? And also, the Jets are basically the Chargers East. Ugh, well... At this point. So much so that I did a little work on their behalf. And I found... I found a little shop that has sage and crystals and intuitive readings All right. called Mystic World. Out there in the New New Jersey area? It's less than five miles from MetLife Stadium. Very nice. Nine-minute drive per Google Maps from the facility. Gregory Kay had this to say about Mystic World in Lindenhurst, New Jersey. I love this place. Been going here for a few years from time to time when in the area visiting family or friends. I always pick up some sage. You need that, guys. And find other things that lead me to them as needed. Y'all need a lot. Everyone is always super friendly and the energy is always positive and light, which is exactly what I mean, Adam Gase needs some Reiki. I was just going to say, do you think there's a human being less likely to participate in any of these activities than Adam Gase? I mean, here's what's happening. Here, Well, I mean... I, Abundance grows from where energy flows, I, I, Matt. I agree. I agree. But I just, just saying, I don't know that you're going to find a willing participant. Let me tell you who's never drinking a damn trilogy kombucha. <laughs> is, <laughs> you making fun of my Adam drink? <laughs> no, I mean, I got plenty at home. But point being here... I don't think Adam Gase is your guy on this one. Well, he can continue then to get fired, oh, and the next and the next coach yeah, can maybe uh, maybe maybe hit up the next coach and be like, "Just a thought." Y'all need to sage it. Maybe clear sage it, that facility down. Needs a good smudging. Put a couple clear quartz in your pockets because we are getting desperate now. Instead of instead of you know going out there with the smelling salt before the game, maybe rub a few in your hands. A little, little essential bit. oils. Yeah, yeah a little Take essential oils. Deep ujjayi breath and get through your business. Maybe some peppermint. Lemongrass. Now you're just completely trolling me because that's what I put on the bed. Is that what you're? No. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) the only bit of good news, the positivity and light is that Sam Darnold will be back for this game, which also means that the Jamison Crowder experience without Chris Herndon there continues to exist. Not in my world. Not in my world. Uh, He did have his lone red zone target. Jamison Crowder did in week one when Sam was under center. Do you give any credit to the fact that I don't think Sam Donald looked that great in week one? And obviously the statistics Jameson would. Jamison Crowder had 17 targets in that game. Yeah, that's that. That's what I mean by not looking great. <laughs> like you're making that decision 17 times. 
like you said, learn from your mistakes, bro. Come on. Well, um, Demarius Thomas was an active. Your Demarius Thomas was an active. That that game. Don't put that on me. <laughs> no, you <laughs> you got his no. I almost picked him up on waivers. I what is wrong with you? <laughs> He's playing like all the snaps. Okay. But do you give any credence to the idea that Sam Darnold was already suffering through mono in week one, and that's why he wasn't, like, looking that good? Like, on the heels of City Boy Summer. Yeah, and he was like, well, that's what people are saying, that he already was suffering, not, not like, full-on whatever, but, like, that's why he's getting rid of the ball so fast. Do you know anyone who has mono who's ever had mono? Mm -mm. No, me either. Like, I mean— I mean, well, every every football writer wanted to tell you about the time like that they they had the kissing disease because like I kissed the girl one time. Can you believe it? I mean, like that's that was a thing. good point. Everybody definitely was everyone had the a damn mono story. I so have not, stupid. Like, I, listen, <sighs> I had a college experience and kissed a lot of different humans and uh, never mm-hmm. went away. Like maybe I got a sore throat a couple of times, but not mono. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, no, same. I mean, Ditto. I never, I never, my college experience wasn't that great, but like, um, <laughs> so a decent amount of people. What do we do but... for these people who have been holding on to Chris Herndon? Do you have any week six streams that you could throw out, Matt Harmon? Well, a lot of people. The question that I got a lot this week was, "Who do you think has more season long? Who, who would you rather have in season long? Not for week six, but like the rest of the season." Chris yeah, Herndon is going to be back. Chris Herndon or Gerald Everett. And I think so if you're looking, if Gerald Everett didn't get picked up in your league, then I think you look, the question became a lot more difficult because I agree with you. I was like, it's Herndon because I think he has a better shot to command a more hulking presence in that target distribution rather than what uh, Everett does. So Splitting with Tyler Higby. And, but also, so Todd Gurley's got this thigh bruise that apparently completely blindsided Sean McVay or so McVay said to the press if that continues to be a real thing, then we're relying on some sort of combination of Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown. I almost said Malcolm Floyd. There's a lot of Malcolm. That's a, Malcolm Floyd, um, Malcolm Brown, and the rookie Daryl Henderson. Henderson. Sean McVay said there might come a time where we need to, you know, unleash Daryl Henderson. Perhaps it is this week. Perhaps. Oh, great! I just dropped him like a minute before the Thibers news came. All your best ball teams will be grateful. But the point is, if the backfield changes from a Gurley's backfield to this combination of of Brown and Henderson, then I do think Gerald Everett ends up having more red zone potential or exposure. I think that's certainly possible. And, I mean, he's been clearly dusting Tyler Higby in terms of routes run over the last two weeks. So it looks like he has a more commanding presence in that offense. I st- still— and- I-, I would still lean Herndon's way, assuming health, but I think you're right. that It's, it's you know- tough because, like, when are we going to get Pete Chris Herndon week eight? Maybe. Week eight. And then like, okay. That's only halfway through the season. Yeah. But then it's like, okay. And then you have the target leader for the Jets. There's no Quincy and Nunwa, though. I mean, they they need somebody who's going to be a red zone threat. Get out of here. (laughs) Other than Le'Veon Bell, there needs to be someone advancing the ball. I actually want to talk about Le'Veon Bell because he's been, I tweeted this this week, just how uninspiring he has been so far this year, and I would say um, uninspiring is being kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry, 6.1 yards per catch, a second lowest in the league, or second lowest uh, in his career, and he hasn't found the end zone since week one. However, he's getting a decent amount of passing volume. He's also had Luke Falk under center. So do you think he's like, a, do you really think he's a buy low guy too? Because they also have such a horrible offensive line. Um, I don't know this off. I don't know that Sam Darnold's return takes this offense from 32nd to like 12th. I think he might take them 32nd to but you 26th. That's fair, but you can't use the offensive line argument now. That was the argument to have but it's getting in the worse. preseason. Uh, big Kaleche Osemele sure. is, is <clears throat> their injured. only positive acquisition. Yeah. Um, also, Ryan Khalil has been a mess. There's like a reason the Panthers didn't want him back. That's an, that's not news. I would still say, I mean, w- look at the position. Would you, would you rather have James Conner? No. Right. Conner's been even worse. worse. Conner hasn't uh, hasn't cleared 60 yards rushing uh, all would year. Would you rather have, I mean, I think you would, but Todd Gurley's another player, right? I don't know. Like, yeah, Gurley's problematic too. So if you are looking to buy for a stud running back, like here's what we know. We know that talent can be a tiebreaker. We know that he's talented. We know he's going to see a lot of looks in the passing game. So 
I think he's looked pretty good. And too. I think that Sam Darnold is a good quarterback, and it's going to take him a little bit to to shake off some rust. So I do think Le'Veon Bell's a, a a good buy low, but I also think that that's the narrative right now, and so people aren't actually going to be able to buy low on him. Well, I don't know. This this is a, a larger discussion point, but like that's the that's the narrative among like the people who are tweeting about this are nonsense. Are tweet, tweeting day? about this nonsense? Which, if you pay attention to Twitter, you're not really getting a good microcosm of not just. Football fans, the world. fantasy people, or the world at large. Uh, the Twitter is just a void that we all scream in all day. Another running back that you would definitely like to have that James Roday is mad at me that we do not have is Christian McCaffrey. He is upset. He, he's. I've gotten many, many texts. <laughs> um, and you met him. That's right. So what is this thing about? So well, let me first say he left in the fourth quarter of the Panthers' seven-point victory over the Jags with cramps. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he just needed like a banana and some Powerade and he'd be fit. But no, indeed, it looks like he's got a back issue. Now, you have a saying, some country-ass backwards saying about backs that I cannot figure out. Ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Once you have a bad back, you have a bad back. You added the second half for clarity. It's just the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's... Do it again. Ain't nobody used to have a bad back. (laughs) By the way, I I had... I did that on... Uh, my pickups video this week because I talked about Chase Edmonds, David Johnson's backup, and an actual chiropractor reposted it on Instagram and said, like, this is, and I, he, like, made fun, he was, like, he was laughing, like, he was laughing along with it, and then I replied to him, I said, okay, but is this, like, really, is this a really, like, bad medical thing to say? He's like, no, that's pretty true. Ain't nobody used to have a, ain't nobody used to have a bad back. Because they got a bad back. Okay, so. Once you got a bad back, you got a bad back. So, it's concerning that CMC maybe has for the moment a bad back i guess forever now um he didn't practice <laughs> on wednesday but listen he's got to fly to london he's got to get on a flight well, to he's london there. they're there sure and he's uh, take Panthers. on the bucks he's also been touching the ball 30 damn times per game oh i'm sorry i'm sorry 27.2 times per game leads the nfl in touches it's not even halloween yeah what what do you want from me like, here CMC's usage is like seeing Christmas decorations up at the Home Depot in September too soon. Too well, soon. They can't have Kyle Allen like dropping back and passing the ball 45 times a game. So what are you going to do there? You I know? don't know. Maybe you you have this Reggie Bonifan. Yeah, I think. Right. They... And maybe you let him have some touches because. Yeah. Bon- bony fan. Bony fan. Well, did you do you know much about this fellow? I know he's a converted quarterback. And converted wide receiver. He's done everything. He's a do-it-all guy. That's versatility. He yeah. can catch, right? Converted quarterback out of Louisville. Went undrafted. He actually moved to wide receiver after Lamar Jackson joined uh, the team in 2016. And oh, then Lamar he moved was someone moved. to wide receiver. Suck it, haters. Yes. <laughs> That's a great point. And then he moved to running back in 2017. Um, while he was at Louisville, he carried the ball 93 times, rushing for 459 yards and seven touchdowns. He also saw a career-high 21 passes and added another touchdown as a receiver he's six foot one 213 pounds uh ran a four five forty at louisville's pro day 38 in- inch vertical jump 20 bench press reps he's owned in eight percent of leagues and he most importantly beat parentheses and exhausted miles jack on a 59 yard run and scored in the final moments of last sunday's game versus the jags now you love Me. being the wolf Right, like this whole like last year, nobody talked about being a wolf and how that's not what until I, week that's ten. But go not, be a wolf. That is Don't not be what a sheep. I said. Don't be a timid little ba ba black sheep. Agree. I said all those things except the last year part. Uh huh. So that's Jeez. fine. <laughs> One less thing for me to do. Um, You're welcome. So, as as the as the leader of the wolf pack, as the wolf. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> um. Anyway, so do you advocate picking up this uh, Bonifon? character i think if you have space sure uh i do wonder clutch answer like the panthers have had just no inclination to use their backup running back beyond christian mccaffrey and it's tough like it's tough to take the guy off the field because he does everything he does it so well he's like getting better each and every week team also has a proclivity for using their stars so much until they break down fair point like there was a there's like the one patrick meme from spongebob where he's like rubbing his hands menacingly i saw someone from panthers twitter putting like uh ron rivera looking at christian mccaffrey after running cam newton into the ground or whatever like oh this <laughs> one's next i thought that was pretty funny um but also it's worth noting for Bonafan, um like he won what was a competitive mm-hmm. like backup running back Excellent gig point. because 
Last year they had CJ Anderson, which is hilarious. That like they had CJ Anderson and, and didn't use him, for and then he comes out and is a playoff hero for the Rams. And like every this was a conversation even last year, like amongst the dregs of Panthers Twitter, which I still have a decent amount of attachment to. Like, why are they not using? Like they're kind of overusing McCaffrey. Like this has been a talking point for a while. McCaffrey's done nothing to not earn more touches. He's never been injured up until now, really. So. It was going into this year, like, okay, they're going to kind of throw Bonafan, Jordan Scarlett, who they drafted out of Florida, some of the other undrafted players, uh, Elijah Holyfield, the former oh, right. Georgia running back. They really were just going to throw all these guys at the wall and see what's stuck. And it looks like Bonafan is the guy who's stuck. So, yeah, it's definitely worth picking up. This week's matchup, however, is not really all that inspiring because the only team that slowed Chris McCaffrey this year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they played in week two, held him to 53 total yards. And pretty much no one else has come close to to holding McCaffrey down like that. And Tampa Bay has a legitimately great run defense. I think they're allowing the fewest yards per carry in the league. And they're the number one ranked rushing defense by DVOA. So tough spot for both of these backs this week. But for well, you're not going to sit Christian McCaffrey. No, of course you're not. But I'm just saying, like, if there was a week to maybe mix it up a little bit, maybe we see what Bonafan can do just because he's a little more fresh. So of the... Like of the backups to the studs, right? Um, Tony Pollard, Bonifin, uh, Latavius Murray, but I think Latavius Murray is on most leagues. He's, he's drafted already. Oh, he, I don't know. He, he probably got hate dropped. Maybe. And Madison, who are, are the biggest priority? So between Pollard, Bonifan, and Madison, and Murray, let's throw and him Murray. in. Murray, uh, I think, and Ar- Armstead. Let's see Fournette's backup because I mean we're talking. Volume. What about Chase Edmonds? Well, in he meant, he might start this week because David Johnson I'm, I'm has a bad I'm leaving him out back. of the conversation because he's been already picked up. Yeah, by, like, but he, that's a pretty clear situation. Bad back. You know what they say about bad backs? You ain't never not had a bad back. Nope, that's not what they say. <laughs> uh, I think to, Tony Pollard is. I think it goes Madison, Pollard, Gap, uh, Bonafan, Murray, Armstead. I agree. Armstead's last. Armstead and is Pollard last. Is first. By the way, Arm like Leonard Fournette. In terms of like workhorse guys, he's seeing unbelievable volume. Like number one in routes run. Only McCaffrey has more touches, and Leonard Fournette has ninety five carries t- to ten for freaking Armstead. So like, there's just as much of a situation going on in Jacksonville as what's going on in Carolina in terms of usage. Yeah, but one of them is much more explosive than the other. One of them is much better than the other, and got drafted behind the other, but. Uh, Suck it. Well, the Carolina Panthers clearly are trying not to tank by giving CMC so much work and not just throwing up their hands once Cam Newton goes down. The Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, are actively trying to tank. And they're actually in a bit of a predicament this week when they're facing Washington because this is a, dare I say, must-lose game for them. Yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) It's weird. The team that's trying to tank is facing off against a team that is Accidentally, accidentally tanking. tanking. Uh, well, one of the two, because the Bengals are kind of up there as well. But, you know, maybe the Dolphins aren't really trying to tank as much as we think they may be because they did end up benching Kalen Balaj, which would certainly help them tank. Yeah. And in fact, you know, Balaj is garbage and Mark Walton has been promoted. Kalen Balaj is like, I, I love this. This is not even a stat. This is just a fact. Ten targets, three receptions, three drops. Enough yeah. said. Yeah. Unbel- like that Whoa. was that was of all the tanking things they've done, like continuing to try for four weeks to get Balage going was perhaps the most tanking thing they did. But they're still like, no, we can't even. It's, we, it's, it's too, too obvious. obvious. Yeah, it's <laughs> we can't do too this. disingenuous. We can say we're trying to win games, but we can't actually say that if we keep rolling this guy out here. So enter Mark Walton, who ironically is from the same draft class as Balazs 2018 but he was drafted by Cincinnati in the fourth round out of Miami he I was gonna say he's going home to Miami homecoming extraordinaire um I how much Mark Walton tape have you watched I have limited viewing experience but I'll go with limited as well okay I mean I did watch a little bit last night to prep he's he's a I mean I I watched I rewatched most of the games, uh, and I did rewatch because, uh, for whatever reason, did watch that last Dolphins game. And yeah, I mean, he he popped a little bit. He certainly some good bursts. He's got decent enough hands. He was he was a better than Belage's. Well, sure enough, uh, he was kind of a nightmare though in Cincinnati, which is why he's here. Because he was a decent. Was he a 
where did, was he? What round was he drafted in again? Fourth. Fourth. So I mean, yeah, he was a fourth round pick that essentially just got shown the door real quick. Well, he's also undersized, and I think working yeah. behind that offensive line, like the lack of size, is gonna is gonna crush you. And he has the surgically repaired ankle. Yep, yep. So, I think there was a decent amount of thought that, like, okay, maybe he could be like a Gio Bernard replacement mm-hmm. in a couple of years. And I mean, that obviously didn't work out because he's been cut and Bernard was given a new contract for I whatever think, reason to do nothing. So we're we're mentioning the Mark Walton promotion because it means Kalen Balaj has been demoted, but more importantly, it means that Kenyon Drake is going to be the starter. So don't go out and chase Mark Walton. Although, listen, two percent of leagues have already gone and done that. Good on you if you're looking for the backup to Kenyon Drake. No stone unturned. <laughs> um, but, I mean, will Kenyon Drake definitely be the man? You know, because, like, they obviously didn't want to use Ken- – no one has wanted to use Kenyon Drake as a full-time back. Except for that one month Except for one month that right? did it. To, to great results, too, by the way. But, I mean, he never wanted to do it again. Um, so far, this Brian Flores regime has not wanted to do it either. Well, the reason that Drake, I think, has – some, I don't want to say upside. The reason he's relevant, let's say, is because he does see a decent amount of targets in the passing game. Yeah, sure. I, I think he his could... His carries are, I mean, he's averaging double-digit carries, but he is not guaranteed double-digit carries. I I gave him for fearless forecast this week, even against Washington, 76 total yards, five catches. Oh, so, you're real bullish, huh? No. That's sarcasm. <laughs> no, I'm not. So you're just fading anyone here. Yeah, like what? A, like, there's a chance this game is just six to zero. You know, like I don't. Also, so I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true with uh, with Devonte Parker doing stuff. It's not like the Washington secondary is particularly good. Sure, I think Devonte Parker is probably going to draw Josh Norman. Josh Norman hasn't been good. He has the bigger brand name, and that's why I'm making the assumption on matchup. Preston Williams, I like. He is good. And as much as this team is wanting to tank, I do think they get enough done via the air to give Kenyon Drake, at least in this in this matchup, like 12 carries. You know my actual take on this game? I think Washington wins handedly. Matt, why? Because they have the way, like, uh, when you look at, when you look at every unit that's on the field, the biggest mismatch, I think, is between Washington's defensive front sure. and Miami's offensive front. Miami's offensive front, we know. Can we can we just not stop stop talking about this the tank bowl, please? Yo, I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about the tank bowl, but we spent like six minutes on the tank bowl. She, Uh, she's got me talking about. Can we not talk about the biggest mismatch of the tank bowl? The biggest mismatch of the tank bowl is Washington's defensive front versus Miami's offensive front. People are going to be targeting this game. Because yeah. every Adrian Peterson owner who has yet to drop him, y'all better start AP now because this is your opportunity. So oh, I think I'm sure people are definitely people. targeting it, but we've, for, we've talked about it. And also, didn't we want to talk about him for your guy, Preston Williams? Yeah, Preston Williams. Yes, we did. Go yeah, ahead. True. Preston Williams, former Vol, cannot stand <laughs> Butch Jones. Another long list of guys. Hey, uh, Rashawn Golden making plays. Like the, the, the list is long and distinguished, obviously, AK. But anyway, that was my that was my. 30-second round. All I'm saying is that the Bellage move at least positively affects Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake, with the volatility at the running back position that we have already discussed, is now an RB3 or flex. And it's not a great position to be in. And he's, But he is a starting running back on a crappy team, yes. But sometimes, I mean, listen, would you rather have Ito Smith or Kenyon Drake? Oh, Kenyon Drake. Okay, so, but people are asking Ito Smith questions. Would you rather have Peyton Barber or Kenyon Drake? Kenyon Drake. Okay, so there is validity to discussing Kenyon Drake because the people there are a lot of people who own him and have, like, um, who what jokers, Duke Johnson oh. or Kenyon. Like, this <laughs> Duke is, Johnson's never the answer. Not even <laughs> against Kansas City. I'd still take Kenyon Drake even in this matchup for Duke Johnson. Okay. So... Y'all can suck it. Mama did her homework. Let's move on. I mean. What matchup do you want to talk about, Matt? Let's make this all about you. What, what matchup are you not interested asking in? for that, Liz. Um, what ma- I don't like what, your tone. Well, I, I didn't like your tone. <laughs> so now we're even. Uh, I think in terms of the games that I want to talk about, the London Bowl. We've talked a lot about Christian McCaffrey and all these uh, goofballs in the backfield there for Carolina. But I am interested in. Well, especially this Tampa Bay defense, because through the first, you know, couple weeks of the of the season, it looked like Tampa Bay was going to be like San Francisco, you know, among the most transformed units in the NFL. Right. Yes. Yes. 
so far, though, the last couple of weeks has not looked that way. I think this is a good test for them because the Panthers' offense is – I think Kyle Allen is starting to show some cracks in the in the armor. Uh, I mean, That's what got him in trouble in college. Yeah, especially fumbles. That's been mm-hmm. a big problem. Also, just like – I think he's been a caretaker. I think he's been exactly what you want a backup quarterback to be. But I think any talk now looks like – in terms of him taking over – for the starting job looks ridiculous. You know, that looks silly. He just doesn't add anything to the offense. Like, he can make the throws, whatever. But the secondary in Tampa Bay has started to look really problematic. I think that could be a nice little, you know, rebound effort for guys like Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, those players, Greg Olson. I think they've been getting killed by tight ends. So I think you start your Panthers in this spot, and I'm just really interested in in terms of this defense. Like, can they continue to play above their heads? Because they've looked much more, like the first two weeks of the season, it was like, Todd Bowles, holy hell. Mm-hmm. One of the best coaching jobs in the league turning this unit around. And then, like, the last two weeks, it's looked more like, oh, this is the Bucks defense we expected. So what's the answer here? Is it one of those two extremes, or is it somewhere in the middle? Well, I think Shaq Barrett has cooled off a little bit. To be expected. I mean, yeah. You can't keep up like a four sack per game pace no. forever. Um, but that, to me, the pressure on Kyle Allen is going to be the answer to the game. Mm, yeah. And especially what's the health of some of these offensive linemen in Carolina. That's another thing to, to monitor. You have a Greg Little take this week. You seem to always have a little Greg Little on your mind. I mean, they a just can't. They just they, they have a little Greg Little on mind. I, they just can't have... Um, Daryl Williams out there at left tackle. That's like a stone nightmare. So that's I love that you mentioned um I love that you mentioned Greg Olson because, you know, he hasn't done anything. I think he's had like two yards over the or two balls for five yards total over the last two weeks because he put up a goose egg last week. But he did face off against the Bucks, as you mentioned, in week two, and he put up over a hundred yards on them then. I don't think he finds the end zone in this one, but I do have him projected for five and sixty-four. That makes sense. That's a good I think it's a good solid projection for him. So it's a fair. So so it's something like he's one of those low end tight end um, options. Well, I was going to talk about Washington at Miami, but since our substitute producer said not to do that, uh... do you want to talk about San Francisco at L.A.? I mean, if you do, I was going to talk about the Houston-Kansas City game. Oh, let's talk about that because I feel like we've spent less time on that one. I find this matchup particularly interesting because I think all of us were a little shook to see Kansas City lose at home to Indianapolis. And it should be noted, Brissett didn't throw a touchdown, Marlon Mack. Like, the Colts, Frank Frank Wright's a freaking genius, but the Colts won that game. Yes, there are a bunch of injuries. Chris Jones, um, Pat Mahomes, who we've already already talked about, um, Sammy Watkins. Yes, there are a bunch of injuries, but the Colts were able to win this game by playing keep away, right? The time of possession was 15 minutes higher, over 15 minutes higher than Kansas City's. The Texans are not going to be able to follow that blueprint. It is impossible given their offensive line. So they are going to have to go toe for toe or ankle frankle with Patrick Mahomes in this one. And I am really hoping that maybe this, even if it wasn't last year, I thought I thought last week was the the get right spot for DeAndre Hopkins, but now I'm hoping that it's gotta be this week. <laughs> this is the week. This is the week. This is the week. One of the weeks. It will be the weeks. Um, but yeah, it's good, real good chance that this could actually be the week. And yeah, this is obviously it's one of the most appealing games on the slate. And I think it just comes down to where is Mahomes health wise? Because like for if we're talking about, OK, we're talking about Mahomes is the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the NFL without his mobility is instead of being, you know, QB God. God is immortal here. Is Deshaun Watson, is he better than that? You know, like, is he the third, second best quarterback in the league right now? I mean, he's playing pretty unbelievable. We know he's mobile. Yeah, we we know he's mobile. The Chiefs defense, too, like... Without Chris Jones, I I mean, I'm going to give advantage to Watson here. Yeah, me too. I mean, we've seen what he can do, like, even last week against the disgusting Falcons, who I barely want to acknowledge exist. There was a couple of plays where he really got out of pressure situations because he can still do that you know that's the thing like he definitely creates some sack situations for himself because of how he plays same same way with russell wilson it just is what it is with these guys but he also can you know get out of those situations too and i think that if he doesn't have to do any of that yeah he could just sit back in a clean pocket and really take it to this team who would you rank first of mahomes or watson yep this game's in arrowhead yep it's at arrowhead 
Hmm. I think I would probably rank Watson just a little higher because of the health. Yeah. I ranked him number one and Mahomes number two on the week. Obviously, for DFS and for every opportunity, like this is the matchup that you want to take advantage of. We already talked about the secondaries, uh, the secondary in Houston. Great call on Fuller, by the way. Take a victory lap. That was fantastic. Do you think he follows it up? Not to the same extent, but. I think he I think he's a guy you play like I think he's a guy. You, he was a guy I was playing every week because I drafted him on so many damn teams. But like this, that's this is this is the possible outcome that, you know, you're leaving on your bench if you don't play him, especially in a good matchup last week. Obviously, a good matchup. This one, a good matchup. The volume was always there, you know, in terms of air yards and stuff. So, yeah, if you're going to I think you have to play him. I, I would expect top 20. I would I would expect him to be a wide receiver to the rest of the way. Like he's already he already jumped from like sub fifty something to like wide receiver eight on the season or something crazy like that because of what he did last week. So you know the production is going to be a little more balanced out the rest of the way. I think. Should we talk some DFS? Let us. You already talked a little DFS. A little, let us, we'll, I, that was a tease. Right into it, you know. All right. Okay. What's well, your bargain? My bar. I got two bargains this I week. Got, ooh, I got a, I got double. Number one. Christian Kirk. Not worried th- about that ankle. I think he's going to play. Ain't a thing. Also, he's going to play against the Falcons. I mean, enough said. Like what? Like do I have to – the Falcons are the worst defense that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. That's not actually true, but they are pretty abhorrent. And he's only 15 bucks. He's only 15 bucks. With the injury discount. Like everyone yep. wants to play Kyler Murray this week. I think he's in almost everybody's – daily fantasy lineup everyone wants to play kyler murray well he's only 26 bucks yeah he's cheap ball's gonna have to go somewhere i think he could go to christian kirk uh and because he's discounted because of the injury he also hadn't had great production since week two uh but despite that the volume of snaps targets air yards pretty much coming off his first win too yeah so i think i'm in on obviously i'm in on everybody against the falcons i really hope david johnson plays because i would love to the optimal lineup construction is Murray and Johnson in the same lineup together. Monopolize all possible it's a stack. Yeah, stack them together. But most people think of stacking. If we're doing like DFS one hundred and one, most people think of stacking as like wide receiver or tight end with the quarterback. No, you can actually stack the running, especially a guy who's involved in the receiving yeah. game like Johnson. But this way, you're hoarding all of these touchdowns together, and then you just kind of have to decide if you're going to run it back with someone like Julio Jones or Austin Hooper on the other side. Maybe Hooper against the Cardinals. That's a juicy way to look at it. Chase Edmonds, we should mention because we haven't talked about him, is only $12 in Yahoo DFS, and he would be the backup to David Johnson. Who has a bad back and as we know anybody used to have a bad back never don't have a bad back right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i can't i I can't get it shout out to ron one of our yahoo cohorts that's having back surgery on monday shout out to you ron yep who's ron ron schultz oh i love ron you know what ron loves you yeah no he's coming out here this weekend for robbie's wedding it's gonna be great to see him he's 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 going through the pain he's a great guy cover three right he's wonderful great human ron's good people Mm-hmm. He is wonderful. He He's one of my favorite producers back in New York. Will forever have no a bad back. Yeah. I'm going to send him a text. Yep. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll crash at Robbie's wedding just to see Ron. There you go. Yeah. So uh, you ain't never not had a bad back. Yep. David Johnson. That's it. Um. So who's your fade? Uh, or did you have your other? I have the other bargain sure. is uh, the best running back on my 49ers, Matt Breida, for only $17. I know we talked about earlier the offensive line injuries. I think that might push a little ownership off of Breida a little bit. Tevin Coleman's actually more sharp. actually more expensive. I think you go with Breida in this matchup. Tevin Coleman's more expensive? By, by, a, by a dollar. Okay. So, I mean, like, a dollar is something. And if you look, like I said, if you look at the Rams, they're not a great rushing defense. I think you can get over on them there. And again, the pass catching four for Brita. And what could be, I don't know quite know how this game is going to go, but I think there's a scenario where it could get high scoring and then you do want that pass catching back there. So that's my other bargain. All right. So my bargain is Kyler Murray. And we talked about why. The matchup is fantastic. He's only $26. He gets Christian Kirk back. I think Christian Kirk will come back. I'm in agreement with Matt. Also, he gets Demir Bird back, who was looking hot over his first two weeks of the season, I believe, had uh, seven targets in back-to-back games. So I think that's just another weapon for Murray. And he is coming off his first win. So that is why I like him for 26. Matt's idea about stacking, fantastic. I don't know if it's going to happen with David Johnson. What about your fade? Our our fate is in the same game. I have Michael Thomas on the Saints, and not that I think Thomas is going to have a bad game, but just when you're talking, when you're like constructing lineups this week, and you're looking at like wide receivers to pay up for, Thomas wasn't one of the ones that I came with. Um, you've got DeAndre Hopkins at the same price, thirty three dollars. 
Same with Julio Jones, who is questionable, but Julio Jones, you know. Dealing with a hip injury, but he's played through pain before. Yeah, mispractice on Wednesday, whatever. Um, I think he could really go off in this game. So Thomas, to me, looks the least appealing, especially if Jalen Ramsey in that bad, bad back actually goes out there and suits up this week. I dig it. And also, he's coming off such a big game that I think, you know, his price is inflated. Also sharp, Liz. <laughs> Um, so mine is Leonard Fournette, who I own and have been an advocate for. And we talked about his monstrous amount of volume. I mean, 29 carries and eight of them in the red zone in week four, 23, four of them in the red zone in week five, still only one touchdown despite 12 red zone carries over two weeks. Um, but still he's putting up a ton of yardage. And then I look at the Saints. And the Saints, if you look at overall in the season, they got smacked the first couple of weeks of the season. But mm-hmm. over the past couple of contests, that run defense and defense overall has really found a backbone. They've stiffened a ton, much more impressive. And I think, I mean, you know, fine, the matchup against Tampa Bay, they didn't really give up anything. But it's Tampa Bay's backfield. Enough said. They also kept Ezekiel Elliott rather quiet. Yes, he yep. scored a touchdown, but 35 yards? I mean, come on. So when I am paying up for... When I am paying... Oh, gosh. What is he? Uh, he's 25 he's 25 When I'm paying $25 for my running back, I want the matchup to be juicier, even if the volume is there. Again, this is DFS, not season-long, um, but I do have Fournette for reference in redraft as my... RB 14 or 15. So out of my top 12, because I have that much respect for the Saints defense. Yeah, they've allowed seven rushing touchdowns on the year. I think that's tied for most. Um, but like you said, a lot of that was early on early in the, on season, in the season. season. They're not giving up the YPC. 4.5 yards per carry on the season, weeks. but last two weeks. Yes. Um, so that is the trend. I love what New Orleans has been able to do. I think they're real. I actually think this, this weirdly, this is a little esoteric, but the Drew Brees, injury and the Teddy Bridgewater under center has made this team gel. It's not just like, oh, we're going to have like our superstar quarterback do everything for us. And now they're all playing up to the moment. Yeah, I think uh, Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com said like, oh, I think this could be the moment where Sean Payton like really like invigorates him, you know, because him and Breeze have been have spent all this time together. Um, You can just kind of you put it on cruise control a little bit, you know, when you've got Breeze under center. But it's like you've got to start pulling out all the stops. That's it. When you have the backup quarterback, and I think you've seen a lot of that too. Well, counterpoint cheers. though, the, with the the way your seasons have ended, you shouldn't have to have a your main guy go out to push you and and you, you, because you know? he's also ineffective. I actually think I said this on Cover Three that I think that the Drew Brees situation is almost a silver lining because now we're not worried about dead arm in November. Yeah, that's true. He can Ooh, stay rested. Good point. And come out he's weeks, fresh. Like, come Thanksgiving, he's fresh. fresh. Saints winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh, don't say it. Let's go, baby. We'll be back on Sunday with our week six recap. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out.